0: What's your weird
2: story?
0: Hello, Weirdsville <laughs> uh, Got a got a hair in my mouth. I don't know if it's mine or a cat's or what, but hello, Weirdsville. It is time once again for your favorite. Weekly weird podcast, true stories told by the people who experienced them. I am one of your hosts, uh, Adam Beebe. And with me, as always, is my oldest, dearest friend, uh, Mr. Barry Johnston, the smiling sensei. Hello, Barry. How are you today? I'm uh, good, Professor. Uh, how about you? How are you doing? As- aside from a mystery, uh, hair that somehow got in my mouth um and I never know cuz I have cats and I also have a hairy face uh, myself uh you know as you know so uh, there's no telling where it comes from but um other than that yeah man I'm doing pretty good trying to keep warm it yeah. is cold all over these united states oh god it's
1: absolutely freezing i as as we speak i'm sitting right in front of a a uh, little heater little portable heater that i've got and it's not keeping up so uh well
0: your pipes froze huh yeah
1: the pipes froze they do every every year well when it gets down to like these uh these like negative numbers we just Mm. uh yeah but the good thing is they've broken two years in a row they busted and then the last year everything's been replaced with that flex that flexible pipe stuff so i'm knocking on wood here hoping that uh they don't burst again but uh Man, I, I did everything I could. I put a heater out there. Uh, all of our pipes come in from the garage. So it's just, it's an uphill battle. And it just yeah. can't, it can't, it can't stay warm enough. And I even, I even, uh, I, I, I upped the idea of dripping the faucets to like a steady stream and mm-hmm. uh, they still froze. So, uh, wow. yeah. so here we go.
0: Man, yeah, well, that's how, you know, that's how cold it gets there in Oklahoma. People don't think of Oklahoma as a cold place, um, you know, but it gets cold. It's got all of it, man. It gets all of the weather in extreme, really. Uh, it gets cold. It gets hot. It gets windy um, and, and everything in between. Yes. Um. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been cold up here in the... Uh, In the kind of north mid uh, mid or eastern Midwest uh, area here in Cincinnati, it's been cold. Um, Not a lot of snow, but it's been in the teens this week. Yeah, and uh, it's going to stay there uh, throughout the week. And so, you know, I had to I had to order new long johns. You know, long underwear. Oh yeah. uh, yeah, I couldn't find my other pair, but it was fine because I they were old, and they had a pretty much, they were, they had a, a split in the crotch or a, a hole in the crotch that was basically from the front to the back. So basically, I had, um, like almost like a, a poor man's uh garter set you know because yeah it just at the <laughs> waistband and <laughs> yeah. then it had one leg and another leg and just a tiny bit of, of that's of great fabric in between phenomenal so so i was wearing kind of like you know uh like a, uh i don't think it would be necessarily sexy lingerie but uh <laughs> Could closest be. that i'm i would probably ever get to uh without intentionally yeah,
1: uh yeah. wearing
0: sexy lingerie but yeah uh,
1: yeah well you always try to prepare but then there's always something that you just for whatever reason you can't overcome and, and a big hole in the long johns is mm-hmm. that's one thing you just can't really overcome man that's mm-hmm. uh, it's mm-hmm. defeat it's defeating the purpose but long johns are a great call this time of year oh yeah oh, and that's yeah. uh, really the only way you can go dressing in layers is like key and um and hopefully, uh, hopefully, you know, I mean, I think we're going to be here in this in this uh, tundra for a couple more days until it starts to warm up, mm-hmm. and uh, just makes me uh, appreciative that we don't have to deal with this all winter. Usually, it yeah. usually comes in snaps like this. So uh, anyway, yeah, we're staying we're staying as positive as we can and trying to keep warm and uh, excited because. We have a exciting show today, yes, and uh, and it'll help you warm yourself, hopefully.
0: Indeed, our in fact, we know that today's guest, where uh, where they live, is uh, very warm indeed this time of the year, uh, because joining us from uh, from the land down under. Uh, is is Lauren Dionysus and I was trying to think of the rest of the lyrics to the like, yeah, uh, yeah Land Down Under where yeah. women something something and men, with thunder, men thunder yeah, yeah Yeah Can you hear Can, can you hear, hear the thunder, thunder?
1: You better, better run, run. You, better you better take cover run. Yeah Yeah Oh yeah. yeah Love man Great men work man, Yeah Dude love men at work Colin Hay man genius <laughs> Colin Hay
0: dude brilliant songwriter Yeah man dude. big time Um Yeah. Uh, uh, Overkill. Fuck oh, oh right. um, dude.
1: One of my favorites uh, of all time.
0: Dude, so who was it that did? There was, a, there was a band that was one of those one-hit wonders of the 90s uh, that did uh, a cover of that. Okay. Lazlo Bain. Oh, Lesley okay. Bain. Wow, wow. And then at the last part of the chorus, uh, Colin comes in. He joins them on the back. Oh, nice! Chorus vocal, so super good, super good. That's awesome. I would recommend that. But anyway, (laughs) we digress. Uh, down in the land down under, uh, you know, if if our resident Bigfoot expert and special correspondent Jeff Hubbard was here, I know that he would quickly pop out with his uh, "That's not a knife, this is a knife," uh, <laughs> which uh, he at one point drunkenly said to a uh, drunk Aussie Oz- uh, in in a shared taxi cab. That we were taking from uh, a bar to uh, back to our hotel, and I just was so embarrassed, but also mortified because uh, this guy was not having it. Uh, <laughs> he was not having Jeff going and really enjoying himself, saying, "That's not enough. This is enough. Oh, that's that's great. not enough. This <laughs> is enough." You go. And I'm like, "Shut up! Shut up! This guy's going to really pull out a knife." Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. The Aussies do not fuck around. It's great. Uh, <laughs> but our Aussie friend, Lauren is a true sweetheart and we love talking to her and she has a really interesting, um, ability and really interesting stories to share. So, uh, without further ado, let's get to it, uh, Thank you for joining us, Lauren, and waking up super early for us. We know that you had to do that so we can get timelines, man. She was a whole day ahead of us. Um, But thank you, Lauren, for joining us. What's your weird story?
2: Thank you. Yeah, I love being here. It's, it's exciting. Um, I've got so many weird stories that I don't even really know where to start. Cool. Um, so <laughs> I feel like probably starting at the beginning is like a good place to go. Um, and I guess just for a little bit of a background context, um, you know, I was raised in a very strict um, religious uh, family, very strict mm-hmm. Christians, you know, going to church every Sunday, Yep. doing all the, the Bible studies, the youth groups, the church camps, the yep. um, confirmation, like all of those things, you know, we did it. Um,
0: yep. we did too.
2: So you know what I mean, you yeah, know, yeah. That, that world, right? Oh, yeah. um, and so anything kind of paranormal or weird or was something that was not encouraged or talked about or mm-hmm. it was all um, – Work of the devil, really. Yep, yep. Um, and so I remember as a very young child having um, two imaginary friends, which in hindsight I believe um, were spirits. Um, they were very friendly. I remember them just, just being like my friends, I guess, you know. I just, at that age, I didn't understand that they weren't real because, I, right. you know, I guess you're kind of a little bit in and out of worlds when you're a child. So... Yeah, so they were called (laughs) – wait for it. I'll tell you their names. I couldn't have made this up if I tried. So one of their names was Hikarika, and the other imaginary friend was Hoppy Bonky. Okay. Hikarika and
0: Hoppy Bonky. Yeah. Yeah. He, already he, sounds very Australian to me, yeah. but yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe they were Aussies in their previous carnation, Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So I kind of like they were there, but and I t- remember telling my parents about them. But there was certainly no oh, who are they about? It's kind of like oh, you've just got such an overactive imagination, and you know, and um, you know, they're not real, and and all of that. And I think. I'm not sure when they disappeared, but probably, I guess, when you get to that point as children where having imaginary friends is no longer socially appropriate or no sure. longer can be kind of explained as like the toddler overactive imagination.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, yep.
2: Yeah. So, and then there was nothing. So I did all my church stuff and my schooling and everything and uh, I didn't have any other experiences until my early 30s, or late 20s, early 30s. And I'd sort of, you know, I left the church in my 20s sometimes, like early 20s I think it was, and sort of went a bit the other way then. Um, and then, yeah, I guess started having just like this interest in um, in yoga and meditation and was sort of dabbling in, in doing those classes. And then when was it, 2011, Um I uh, took a career break. So another bit of context, um, s- as soon as I finished high school, I went straight to university and studied nursing. So I was a registered nurse for over 20 years.
1: Wow. Um, so
2: that sort of, I guess, continued my very left brain, um, show me the evidence, scientific sure. proofs, um research, sure. um, all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, um, you know, prove it. You know, all of these sorts of things. So, I was then in that world for a very long time. But in 2011, I took a career break and I went to Africa. Um, I was I was working um professionally in the nursery, so I was looking after sick babies essentially. Okay. And I got to the point where I couldn't deal with it anymore because it was very emotionally draining. Yeah, um, I can
0: imagine but, that that would be very yeah. intense.
2: Oh, absolutely. And not just the babies, but it's the, the parents. And then you've yeah. got the, the ethical, moral sort of implications in everything that we were doing or not doing. And so like, I can't deal with this. I just need to go. I need to get away because, you know, I'd done nursing straight from high school. So I hadn't sort of had a break from it. So, yeah, so off I toddled to Africa on a one-way ticket to do some volunteering over there with the animals because I didn't want to have anything to do with people or doctors or nurses or, (laughs)
1: like,
2: (laughs) take me to the animals. So I worked, yeah, volunteered for months with the animals. But on one of my sort of mini trips between volunteering, um, I did an overlanding trip and I went whitewater rafting and I had a – whitewater rafting accident and ended up being a near death experience. Oh wow. And in the middle of the, the Zambezi River, um, just off Zambia. And it was it was actually a few years later that I even realized that that's what it was. Cause I think you hear about near death experiences and it's like, you know, you see the light and it's like all oh, really beautiful. It's like that big tunnel and there's like grandma's waiting or your yeah, puppy dog's waiting or, you know, whatever it is, it's like this really beautiful miraculous experience. And for me, it was not that it wow. was, it was terrifying. It was scary. I think mm. at the time I just put it down to like a panic attack. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that's what had happened and it was only, as I said, like a few years later when I started having other experiences, which I'll, I'll get to in a moment, um, that often was saying like, you know, for a lot of people who've had a near-death experience, they can go on to have shared death experiences, which is what I had. And then I was like, oh, my God, maybe being in that river was a near-death experience and not a panic attack after all. Um, and so it was a very, um, as I said, was not like rainbows and unicorns at all. It was very, it was, um, can I ask,
1: can I ask what, what happened? Can you walk us through that a little bit?
2: Sure. So I was in the raft obviously with a few other people and I just had this feeling I'd been rafting before in New Zealand. So it wasn't a new experience for me, but I just remember walking to the raft and I just had this funny feeling. I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I really should be doing this, but I thought, Oh, I'm just a bit nervous, a bit anxious. Mm -hmm. You know, they were really big rapids because the I think it was the last day of the season, so the water was really low, which Um. meant the rocks were really high. Okay, (laughs) And the water was, like, probably at its most turbulent. Anyway, I can't remember how many rapids we were into the the course, but um, the raft that I was in kind of went up vertical and and I fell out into the water. Mm. And so I was in the water. I don't know for how long, but I knew I wasn't able to breathe because I wasn't able to see – I wasn't sure where my body was in relation to oh, gosh. the water. I didn't know if I was upside down. I didn't know wow. if I was on my back, on my side. All I could feel was um, just being slammed against rocks. Oh, I could, like, just I didn't know where my legs were. I remember them saying, like, I can't even remember the safety briefing now, whether it was bring your legs close or put your legs out. I can't remember. I just remember thinking, I don't even know where my legs are. Like, do I still wow. have legs? Like, you know, uh, what's going wow. on? Wow, mean and wow. and then from there, what I remember is it's like my, probably the best way to describe it is my awareness split into two. So I could feel myself in the water, as I just described, like feeling the rocks, um, not knowing which way was up, feeling myself moving through the water. Also thinking, why isn't anyone rescuing me? Have they not noticed that I've fallen out of the boat? Right, <laughs> like, right because there was meant to be these like little kayak people like all the way through the course and they said if you fall out don't worry someone will come and pick you up and I'm like where are these people um so that was like one part of me and then the other part of me was um was separated from that so outside of that um that space it was just all black and there was me and it's hard to describe but there was like this piece of me that was watching me so there was me in the water and then there was me that was watching me in the water. Wow.
1: So out of body type thing.
2: Out of body. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Like what's going on? I remember being confused. I'm like, again, I think my, my brain in my body was trying, my left brain was trying to like, what's going on here? Like I'm really confused. Mm -hmm. And then the third piece of the puzzle was I saw a screen and it was kind of to me it looked like an open book you know like a big textbook or something that was open in about the middle somewhere was well, standing up on its um, like standing vertically so i could see the pages and mm. it was a, a movie and it was showing all different parts of my life i can't remember exactly what the individual images were but it was i remember my family was there um yeah, I've got two younger siblings and my parents. And so I remember seeing them and I remember seeing um, my work was there, like, you know, just different scenes of my my job as a nurse. Um, and I don't remember what else. And I will sort of like, again, what's going on? Like why am I, like, looking at my life? No idea what was going on. Mm-hmm. And then there was this voice that was separate to all of that um, and it was like, it wasn't some great big loud booming voice of God or anything like that. It was just like a, a normal voice. And it was saying, um, the words were, it's not time yet. You need to go back for the children. And I was like, I don't have any, like, I didn't have any kids. I still don't have children. Right. Um, but my niece at the time was around eight and I thought, Oh, maybe I need to go back for Olivia, my niece. Um, and then almost as soon as, like, I heard that voice, there was then, like, this little guy on a kayak come along and suddenly I'm pulled from the water and sort of laying on the back of this kayak and then, like, you know, he sort of took took me over to the edge. Um, and so I probably, I don't know how long I was in the water for, but I, I must have gone through at least two or three rapids in the water. Wow. Um, and these rapids, interestingly, have names like, Ghost Rider, and I think Stairway to Heaven is one of them, yeah, and it's like right. all these crazy, crazy
0: things. Oh, um
2: Yeah, so that was – I didn't realise at the time, but that was a huge turning point for me personally, professionally. Um, you know, after I came back from Africa, I'm like, I'm not working with the babies, don't want anything to do with them. So I worked in other areas of nursing and was really like – became I think a little bit more interested even though I didn't make the connection. I was, you know, I started studying Buddhism and I started um, doing more yoga. I did my yoga teacher training in the States actually. And I did, um, yeah, learn more about meditation and like different types of meditation and breath work and all of this stuff. So, and that was the real, um, yeah, I guess the, that thing that really shifted my trajectory, um, even though, as I said, it wasn't until a few years later that I could right. put the pieces of that puzzle together. That's a how,
1: horrifying experience, I just got to say. Old,
0: how, how old were you when the, when this happened?
2: I was 31. Oh, my I was gosh. 31. So, and I'd gone to Africa on my own. Um, yeah. And I'd been there at that time. I'd already been in Africa for about five or six months, I think, from memory. Um, and so, yeah, but I was still traveling on my own most of the time, except when I was doing this tour. Um, and, yeah, and as I said, it was not a happy experience for me. It yeah. was not right. like something that's like, oh, my God, this is life-changing, hallelujah. It was yeah. like, oh, my God, like I just had – This awful experience and I never want to get back in a raft ever again. Yeah, people
1: Um, understandably so. Absolutely. Mother Nature is a force. And Mm -hmm. until you get sucked into something like that or had an experience like that, it, it 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 can and will shape your reshape your way of thinking for sure. 100%.
2: Hundred percent. It was like just—I mean, I'd always loved nature. I think that this sure. gave me like just a much deeper respect for it. I think yeah. just right. a respect for wow, like we humans think we can control a lot, but when it comes right. to nature, like we have not got a yeah,
0: clue. We're not a yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're nothing. We're, yeah, we're ants. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'd be lucky so if we were ants the way, yeah, because yeah. they could do <laughs> more of the nature than we can. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> I, 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 I once attempted to go uh, uh, bodyboarding uh, in the ocean and uh, I caught a wave and it, it, uh, <clears throat> it, dun- it, it, uh, what do you call it? It uh, crested yeah. and, yeah. and it spilled me over. And then there was, it was basically just sand. You know what I mean? Cause it was, it was, Curling, and it dumped mm-hmm. it dumped mm-hmm. me, and then it, all that water fell on top of me, and mm-hmm. I I thought I was going to die. I really did, because yeah. you're caught up in a washing machine. There's nothing you can do yeah. about it, and it's terrifying, absolutely yeah. terrifying.
0: Yeah, yeah. I went the first time, one of the first times I went out into the ocean uh, on the the Atlantic Ocean uh, when I was my mom had just moved to North Carolina, so I'm still you know like a uh, I'm still a kid, and, you know, where, where we grew up, where Barry and I grew up, we, there were no oceans. You know, we were far Pond, from— Ponds and lakes. We had yeah. ponds which, so I, and yeah. lakes, which, you know, yeah, you you'd swim in some, but, you know, they were pretty dangerous, but they didn't have waves. Swimming yeah. pools— was where it was at, you know, but you go out to the ocean and you're like, yeah, let's swim, man. It's fun. All that stuff. You get hit by that first wave that knocks you off your feet and pulls you in, in the undertow and you're spinning around and, Salt water's filling all your holes and you know, everything, and you're just like, Oh, I'm thirteen and I'm gonna die or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then you pop up and everything's just oozing out of you, yeah, and you're like, Fuck this. I'm pulling out. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. I've never been a huge fan of the ocean after that, but I've been <laughs> in a few times. But yeah, uh, it, it's, uh, uh, respect, but mainly, mainly a healthy fear yeah, yeah, of yeah, uh, yeah. large bodies of water for yeah, me. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> yes. just want to throw that <laughs> out. That was wave. my yes. own near-death experience. I mean, yeah, you know. I reckon. Yep. I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: those waves are brutal. The, yeah. the power. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. my God.
0: Yep. Yeah. but being thrown <laughs> against rocks by water because water is like, I mean, water is the force. Water is yeah. the is so super dangerous yes. uh, when in in mass. You know, I mean, with just yes. when it has the energy behind it and is pushing against, yes. and it's in a river or whatever. Yep. Yes. It's yeah. the you know, I mean, yep. that, we know it because we see what water can do. It erodes stuff. It breaks stuff down, yes. rocks and metals and everything. And and a yes. uh, human body. Is nothing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I no. Just toss <laughs> no. it around a rag doll. Yep.
2: Exactly. Exactly. It's like yeah. a leaf, isn't it? Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Compared yeah. to the ocean. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, well, I guess I can go on to some more crazy stories or what yeah. the, yes. that first crazy story led to, I guess. Yeah. Sure, sure. Um, cause yeah, I guess when I returned and I started having a little bit more interest, um, I was still terrified of like ghosts and spirits and everything like that. Mm -hmm. But I think I was probably opening up a little bit more to, um, you know, asking the questions, you know, like what's life, what's death, like, is there a heaven, like all of these questions. And again, as I mentioned, I'd sort of returned to nursing, but in a different way, but, after two or three years, I felt <clears throat> this call to return to the nursery. And I'm like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to, like I don't want to deal with babies dying. I don't want to deal with like, you know, the ethical, moral mm-hmm. side of it. Um, And so, but the the nudge was so strong. And so I kind of, by this point I'd got to a point that I'm like, okay, I think universe is more, a more comfortable word than God to me. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay universe if I'm meant to go back to the nursery well then things need to be different this time because I can't just keep packing my pa- packing my bags and going to Africa when I can't deal with my job um so then it's kind of like you know be careful what you wish for right <laughs>
1: <'Cause it's> like, <laughs> Right. Yeah. um
2: within about six months I started to have these um otherworldly shall we say experiences um as a nurse, you know, working in these, like, big major hospitals um, and, you know, lots of sick babies. And so I remember the first time it happened, it was a night shift, so it was, like, 2 or 3 in the morning, tired, feeling nauseous, just wanted to sleep. And I had this baby that just wouldn't stop crying. I was in a – she had an infection, so we're in, like, a room on our own away from the rest of the, the nursery and I remember going over to her cot and I thought, "Oh I'll, I'll pick her up and try to rock her to sleep. And uh, as I went to her cot, I saw this picture around like over her head and I was like, that's really weird. I'm like, I'm like, I need to take some days off here. <laughs> like I'm starting to hallucinate. Right. And right. it was like <laughs> this, it was like a cartoon picture, almost like Elmer Fudd. Like it was a okay. quite like a cartoonish quiet face. Wow, wow. Um. And I'm sort of seeing this picture and like looking at this baby and she's like yelling at me. And so I picked up her, um, well, dummy, we call it here. I think it's pacifier for you guys in the okay. states. Okay. Yeah. See, and, like, if you would have said yeah. dummy,
1: I would have never, <laughs> never known.
0: I would have, <laughs> but. You
2: would have. You, would have, you know what a dummy is? That's not like a, a silly person. Yeah, yeah. So, Exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah. A dummy over yeah. here just means dummy. Yeah.
0: Yep. Right.
2: Yeah. Or, or it means that here America. as well. <laughs> We have, it,
0: like, it's like a, Yeah, it's a, it's a puppet here as well. Right, right. A dummy yeah. is like a the choloquist puppet as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I put her, her dummy into her mouth, mm-hmm. and the expression on this, like, cartoon character's face changed to one of shock and surprise, and also this um, almost like a like amused in some way. Like this is a really weird. It's hard to describe It's it kind of all sort of happened at once. Um, but, and I was like, oh, my God, I've like, I've silenced this child's voice. Like I've um, I've shut her up. I haven't allowed her to express herself. Like I've silenced her. And then it sort of was this understanding that, you know, maybe that's where it all starts. That's why so many of us are afraid to say what we really think or feel or you know all of these things I'm like oh my god like maybe it starts here with these Mm -hmm. babies in the cot and we're like plugging their mouth because we want them to stop yelling at us um and it was like as this is going through my mind at three o'clock in the morning um the actual baby's face shifted and she stopped crying and uh, then this little picture was kind of again, had that amused look, and then it sort of disappeared. And I was like, what is that about? Like, it was just, it was so weird to me. Again, like, very left-brained, like, evidence-based, mm-hmm. like, show me the research. Yeah. Um, working in an intensive care unit, it's very technical-based and, you know, there's lots of trials done, and so it's, like, so sciencey. And here I am, like, seeing pictures above babies. And... Yeah, so I took some time off work after that. I think I took, like, a week or two off, and I thought, I'm just really tired. Like, you know, I've been working a lot of night shifts. Just, like, take a couple weeks off. I was casual at the time, so I, I could just pick and choose my shifts, really. Yep. Um, and,
0: you, yeah. uh, Before we get too far, and because and, some people are going to be asking this, Ian, yep. uh, but, like, uh, um, had you ever done any kind of, like, um, hallucinogens or lsd uh in your youth because i know some people who've had unusual experiences but they definitely know that it was uh uh lingering effects from a uh, misspent youth shall we say or it was you spit well however you look at it but uh yeah,
2: <laughs> I but sure. yeah. like no, but I was for like-
0: everybody out there
2: yeah, yeah, no. I was like clean as a whistle. Like yeah. you know, as a as a teenager, as a young adult, I was like the goody two shoes, the one that did what she was told, like mm-hmm. the studious wow. one, the academic right. one, the responsible wow. one. So, so awesome. yeah, like
1: so the total is, opposite yeah. of that. So, <laughs> so I never this is, experienced yeah. anything like it. Interesting. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. It was this whole new, this whole new world. Fascinating. Um, so yeah, so I took some time off, and then I went back to the nursery, and I was, you know, it just it kept happening, and I was mm-hmm. like, Like what is wrong with me? Was, it, like, was course, it
0: was it the same little face that you kept seeing? The same? So there were different little cartoon faces.
2: That was the only cartoon I ever had. All of the other things, it was almost like that was the intro experience, so okay. that it was like to ease me in, and yeah, so I yeah. guess maybe take some of the seriousness out of it. or help me see, Oh, it's a cartoon. Like how serious mm-hmm. can it be kind of thing. Um, but after that it would, could be anything. It could be colors around babies. It could be beings. I remember seeing like old ladies and I remember seeing, um, like people. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing, um, yeah, angels. I remember just feeling a, like a presence, you know, when you feel like someone's yeah. like looking at you, but you can't see anyone sure, like you've yeah. been watched. um, And it was all different and then I started hearing words and so the pictures were first for me and then it was that feeling like, oh, I feel like there's someone here with me and there's, like, no one else around but this baby in front of me. And then it moved more into starting to hear things and, um, like, hear words that weren't mine. As I said, I was very, like, left brain, so I'm like I knew what thoughts were mine and, like, what Mm -hmm. I was thinking and, you know, I knew – you know, my own belief system, I guess. And, and I'm like, that's not something I would say. And especially as the dialogue turned to stuff that was really weird, like stuff I didn't believe in. Yeah. I didn't believe in any of this stuff. What were you hearing?
1: What kind of things were you, what kind of things were you hearing? Like, is this a conversation? was this, were they telling you something? Were they trying to communicate in a way or?
2: Yeah. Okay. So they were telling me things. It was, it was one way because there's no way I was like speaking back to whatever sure, this was. Yeah. It was, it was like, right. I didn't know who or what it was. I didn't know right. if it was good or bad. I didn't know if I needed to go to the psych ward or like, go right. and see a psychologist yeah. or something. I'm like, what's sure. going on? So they were saying things like I've never been to earth before. And I remember, and this was this tiny baby and I'm talking like a baby born at probably 27 28 weeks so a very small premature baby
1: wow.
2: I'm like changing this baby's nappy aka diaper, diaper. For you guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> see <laughs> yet
1: again I was like yeah. Nappy? Yeah, nappy yeah nappy what's yeah. a nappy okay yeah. all right okay i'm i'm up to speed
2: um, yeah <laughs> wow and then i'm changing changing this diaper and i'm hear these words i haven't been to earth before and i was like what like i'd sort of been introduced a little to reincarnation through, um, I was sort of dabbling in Buddhism a little bit and, yeah. you know, watching some videos and going to some classes. So I'd sort of had learned about the idea of incarnation. I wouldn't say I necessarily believed in it. I was like, Oh, that's interesting.
0: Yeah. And then
2: I've got this baby saying, I haven't been to earth before. And, you know, and things like that. And like other things that were saying was, um, like, don't do that to me. Um, or, uh, don't forget I'm here. Cause I like often in the nursery, you know, if you are communicating with a parent or you're communicating with a, a doctor or another nurse, like, it's like you're almost like you're talking about that baby as if they're not in the room because yeah. you're not talking directly to them. You're talking to their mother or to another doctor and sure. it's like, Hey, like I'm here, I can hear you. And I'm like, what do you wow. mean you can hear me? You're like, you know, you're like a kilogram, like, yeah. and you're, been here for like two weeks and you shouldn't be here for another twelve type thing. You know, it was this sort wow. of um confusion for me. Um and it just continued and I even changed hospitals thinking maybe like because the hospital I was working at was like quite an old building, well in by Australian standards anyway. Right. Um,
0: like a, like the US. Like a, yeah, yeah yeah
2: yeah. 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 And then I moved to a hospital that was only two years old. So it was brand new it had only just mm. been built. Um, and, but it just kept happening. And so I ignored it cause I'm like, I don't know what to do with this stuff. It kind of makes my job as a nurse a bit more interesting. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, I never know what's going to happen at, sure. you know, but I'm like, I don't know. Like, what do I do with this? Like, why am I hearing this stuff? Why am I feeling this stuff? Like, what would this what's be? About?
1: Was this every child that you came in contact with or was it just be here and there?
2: Initially, it was here and there, but then it got to a point that every child I cared for, um, it's almost like something would start to open up and I would start having these experiences. And, you know, and there were times where I kind of had to think, I can't do this right now because I'm, you know, you know, obviously, if you're in the middle of resuscitating a baby, it's not the ideal time to be like having these experiences. You kind of got to keep you know, keep your nose down and do do what you're trained to do. So
1: sure.
2: there were certain, I guess, um, situations where I did have to just say no, or just like I didn't even actively say no. It was just I just didn't look there. I didn't go into it. I was just too focused right. on what I was doing. Sure. Um, so I guess that taught me a little bit around having boundaries with this stuff as well, because you know, at the end of the day, I was being paid to do a job, right? That is very left brain. You've got to be on the ball. You've mm-hmm. got to be alert. Yep, doesn't yep. matter whether it's day or night, you know, you've got to know what you're doing. You've got to keep your head in the game. So
1: yeah.
2: it was, it was quite the challenge. <laughs> was, Man, like,
1: Man, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of blown away and I'm I'm just sitting here thinking like something must've changed in your I don't know if your brain chemistry or your, your, your spiritual field or something, but like, it sounds to me like the whole, like, you know, river rafting situation, like opened up a door. And a lot you hear that a lot from people that have had near death experiences that like, they never are the same. Like they just have an an extra thing that they're able to tap into.
0: Yeah, you've peeked behind yeah. the veil, and but it stayed open for you. So you know yeah. now it's you got that uh, that passageway. You can, your per, your perception is now where you can you know have where it's altered to yes. a fact to where that you you it's broadened so that yes. you see beyond what the normal uh, what we normally are limited by with, by our biological. Uh, Absolutely.
2: It's almost like I didn't close the veil on the way back in. Right, body. right. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, exactly. Left yeah. It open,
2: which, yeah, I hadn't looked at it like that before, and but we, yeah, that makes total sense.
1: We've <laughs> had on nurses before that have had experiences from like people passing, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, uh, but we've never had anybody talk about from new life coming into the world. That's yeah. That's fascinating to me because yeah. like i think adam and i both we spent time um with as babies uh, we, yeah well with with babies uh or as babies as babies, as babies. yeah <laughs> but we uh, i don't
0: remember we, uh, I very little
1: we spent some time or at least i did uh spent some time uh delving into eastern philosophy karma yeah. and mm-hmm. uh that's a strange concept from somebody coming from a church background Uh, that, that's not really in the vernacular of somebody that goes to church, but it's interesting because, um, it is another way of thinking about things. It is another way of like explaining maybe some things that we can't explain. And, uh, it's, it's very, uh, I, I love to hear stories about that or possibly what could be that because it's, uh it's it's just another it's another rabbit hole to go down,
0: yeah, you yeah know? now, yeah, w- when you were um, hearing the babies or you know or whatever or seeing the things around, would you be able to communicate back to them that they could understand?
2: Yeah, so that's okay. what, that's what started to happen because I was oh, like, wow. oh, like after a period of time, look, it was probably a year, I would say yeah. that I just ignored it because I'm like, What's the point of this? It feels like useless information. As I said, it was kind of interesting to me, but it's not like I could then go to the doctor and say, "Hey, like, because I started feeling things in my head or things in my stomach when." And I was like, "Oh, like, I feel like something's going on with this baby." And then they'd do a routine head scan, and it'd be like a brain bleed there, or you know, I'd feel like a pain in my stomach and then this baby, you know, would start vomiting and like this sort of stuff. And so, wow. but it's not like I could share any of that. Right. Because yeah. Of- yeah.
0: Sure. <laughs> Cause the doctor's going to be like, normal. okay, uh, nurse, uh, yeah. you can, um, you, you need a break. You More need vacation. to go. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah exactly. go, go back to go, Africa. Go, and, go take a nap in the, in yeah, the right. waiting right. room.
2: You need a vacation. You need yeah, a holiday. Yeah. Just, like, just take some time. Wow. Come back when you feel better.
0: <laughs> so what, so it was,
2: And I was terrified of being judged.
0: Sure. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah.
2: You know what I mean? Oh, fearless. Like, yeah, yeah. Especially when I went on to have, like, even more profound experiences, um, like shared death experiences. I had three of them with, with babies who were passing. And oh, God, I'm like, that's... how can I – how can I share that? Like it could have been so healing and so helpful to these parents who were losing their child. But I was just like, I was wearing the wrong hat. I'm like, I can't yeah. like, I can't say this stuff. Okay.
1: Like, so what happens in a shared? What happens in a shared death experience?
2: So a shared death experience is when you witness the behind the veil. This is kind of my own definition, you're kind of witnessing what's happening behind the veil as a soul leaves the body. Oh, wow. And so it's like, I guess, yeah, taking, well, in my experience anyway, I'm just saying for me, it might be different for others, but for me, it took my near death experience to a whole new level because it's like that observing part in me became the observer or the witness in, um, there was three different babies, um, one of them came to me the night I'd had days off, so I'd, I knew she was unwell, but I she came to me the night before. It was a Thursday night and I was meant to be back at work while well, I was back at work on the Friday morning. And it was just you know that twilight zone just before you're not off to sleep when you're oh. crawling to bed and you're just about to not off to sleep. and I just like I felt her and I saw her and um, she started talking to me and she's like, I'm gonna die tomorrow. And I'm like, Like, part of me wasn't surprised because she had been. She was very, very premature, like born at 23 weeks. Um, She's only about 500 grams or not even 400 grams. And so her chances of survival were low anyway. But she came to me and she said, "Um, I need to die on the balcony. And she didn't want to pass in the room that she was in. Um, I need to die on the balcony and I need... I need to be with my mum, and of course, when a baby gets to that point, they're on their mother's chest. Like that's that's pretty standard. Mm. Um, so I'm like, okay, that's that's interesting. Again, like, what do I do with this inf- with this information? I can't rock up to work tomorrow and say, at handover, hey, by the way, this baby in this bed number wants to die on the balcony today. Like, I can't right? Do my yeah. yeah. I can't go tell me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes. We've got a request, uh, you know, some, somewhere uh, after about uh, twelve thirty or so. The baby's booked a balcony. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, yeah wow. that's
2: right. It's like, what do you do? And I was, and again, I was this. It was this real push pull. Like, how do yeah. I? Why is this information coming to me when I can't share it safely or logically or? you know, without putting myself probably not only at the risk of judgment, but possibly the risk of my job even. Right. Yeah, right? yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Because sure. if you walk up to one of well, the, the, the medical staff and say yeah. this, or you walk up to the parents, the parents are going to be very upset with you for, yeah. you know, mentioning that their kid's going to die in the first exactly. place. But, yeah. you know, since it's already going to happen, you should go outside. I mean, yeah, that's just going to be... Yeah, that's tough. That's that's yeah. very tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, and it was it was real. Yeah, it was really challenging. And then I'm like feeling like a crazy person, but I'm also feeling inauthen like what's the word inauthentic. Like I'm mm-hmm. feeling like a bit of a fraud even because it's like I'm I'm sort of pretending to be someone I'm not because I'm actually having all these crazy experiences and I'm trying to be a normal nurse and right, then I'm. Right. You know silencing myself and I also felt like I was silencing the voice of these babies as well like obviously yeah. they wanted they had information they wanted to talk they wanted to share it and I was like for whatever reason put my hand up to be like the receiver of this information wow. so um but yeah but I, I went to work that day and yes they were told at handover that they were going to Withdraw care, which essentially means pulling back on any active um, resuscitation, any active life-prolonging or life-saving procedures and medications and and fluids, and um, yeah, and I wasn't actually looking after that baby, I was looking after another baby just sort of across the corridor, and I can't remember what time it was in the day, but it was around like late morning, maybe lunchtime, um, I saw... I looked behind me and the mum, this was happening in real life, not in my mind. like they put the mum on the recliner with the baby on her chest and they, and I'm like, Oh, where are you going? And they said, Oh, we're going out to the, ba- the balcony. Mum wow. wants to take the baby out to the balcony. And wow. I was like, Oh, well, I'm glad the baby could get the message to someone who could like actually action it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that was really powerful. And I sort of went along with my day. And then um, again, the, the actual time of the day I'm unclear around, but I think it was around midday or 12.30 that I was caring for another baby and it's like, best way I can describe it is like the room I was in and the baby I was caring for was still there but started to fade into the background. And then this other like layer came in over the top and I was kind of like I was out there on the balcony with them Um, And what was happening is I could see the baby on the mother's chest Mm -hmm. and, but what I could also see above that is I saw, I don't know what you call like a whole heap of angels, like, Maybe a swarm, a swarm of angels. Like I don't know okay. that's the thing. Yeah, we'll yeah. run yeah. with that. Um, a gaggle, all these angels. A gaggle yeah. of angels. Yeah. It's like <laughs> all these angels there. Like there would have been hundreds of them, and it was quite a chorus. Like,
0: a chorus of angels. That sounds a good. A chorus. That's yeah. probably the more. Because I was yeah. thinking, like, well, because it's a murder of crows, which you know, a murder <laughs> of angels doesn't seem that's, that doesn't sit right. But a chorus, no. or <laughs> that seems because yeah, all right, yeah. Sorry.
2: A chorus of angels will go. There was like a chorus of angels, and I could hear music. Like it wasn't music that I knew. It was there like you go. it was like yeah, music in the background. Um, and deep
0: cut, deep cut seventies jazz. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that. we we'll yeah. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, and it's like they came and they lifted her up. And so I felt, I saw her body on her mum's chest and I saw they came to, it's almost like they swept through like a giant bird or something. And it's like lifted this child off her mother's chest and then sort of kept flying with her. Um, But I could still see this child on the mother's chest. Um, And, and that was it. And then it was, it probably only lasted a few seconds. Like, I don't think it would have been a minute. And then it's like that door closed and then, I was back in the room with this other baby I was caring for and trying to get myself together and try to be normal again.
1: That is heavy duty.
0: Yeah. That's a powerful, powerful scene to observe.
2: Yeah. But then the nurse in me is like, I've got to prove this. So a
0: couple of days,
2: a couple of days later I went back. You're not really supposed to, but I did anyway. I went back and read this baby's notes and because I took a Uh, uh, um, I looked at the clock when I had this vision Mm -hmm. and when I went back into the baby's notes, it was the exact time that they pulled the breathing tube from that baby's lungs. That was the exact time of the vision that I had. Um, And the heart didn't stop beating until probably like maybe an hour or so after that, that fact. But But I feel that that hour or that amount of time was only, Um, it was just literally the body, like the soul had already left.
1: Right. right.
2: So, and it's like that nurse in me is like, I need to, yeah, find out. I need to, I guess, kind of validate my experiences a little bit more. Um, And then that happened in the other two experiences as well. But it was, I realized that it's like the soul leaves the body in babies anyway. And the ones I've cared for between one and two hours before the physical body dies. Wow. Um, and it was consistent with each experience. So it's been a wild ride. That
1: is, first of all, I commend you for your, uh, your ability to care for, uh, these babies because yeah, I, I, I don't know that I could, <laughs> that is, uh, thank
0: you. It's a tough job.
1: Yeah. It my, is. my uh, this touches home because my, uh, my sister's husband, um, his his son just had a very premature baby, and okay. it took them, gosh, a solid two or three months, I'm going to say, at least, mm-hmm. to get him to the point to where he could, you know, kind of function. And um, uh-huh. <clears throat> it's amazing what uh, modern medicine can do uh, yeah. uh, for premature children. When we were kids... A child that was that premature, the likelihood of survival was like nearly zero. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah. it's really, uh, it's it's amazing that you do that and to have these types of experiences. So what do you do with that? Who do you talk to? Who, who Do you, do you, do you yeah, have well, anybody you can go to or what?
2: Well, interestingly, what happened is professionally, I got to a point where I could not do it anymore. Yeah. And so I have – it's been two years now that I've stepped out of nursing. Okay. And because I'm like – because I had – there was literally nowhere for it to go. Again, I couldn't go to this mother and say, hey, like this whole chorus of angels come and picked up your baby at 12.30. Like I couldn't go and – I couldn't say that, even though I think intuitively it probably would have been quite healing for her. yeah to kind of have that other perspective alongside obviously the 3D human reality that she was experiencing with the loss of her child. And so, yeah, I just, I got to a point. It was, yeah, a couple of years ago I was, you know, I was sort of building like a business on the side. I was actually teaching yoga, not doing this stuff. And so I was sort of pulling back on nursing a little bit, working very part-time while I was sort of, you know, doing more and getting more into yoga teaching um, and then I got to a point where I'm like, you know, I just can't do this. Like I'm like the square peg in the round hole is, as a nurse. And it was getting harder and harder to look like a normal nurse because these experiences were getting more intense and more frequent. Mm. And again, they're all bubbling up. I had this. I started writing journals because that was my only outlet for them. Um, at the time, even most of my friends weren't, like spiritual, I'd say they were sort of more in that um, more mainstream type um, don't believe in that stuff type camp. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, literally, I just wrote about them. I wrote about all the different experiences that I had with the different babies, um, you know, wrote down all their messages, all of that, just so I had somewhere for that energy to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, but then I left and I was like I just I can't do this anymore. Like I'm just in no longer – you know, that system no longer aligns with me. I started to really, even though, yes, I have a lot of respect for the medical profession and, you know, the science and the research that can now save these babies that ten even 10 years ago wouldn't have been able to be saved, I respect that. But having seen, their, like, the baby's point of view and what they're going through and how we're supporting them and and what we're doing for them or not doing for them, um it's almost like I knew too much then and I couldn't yeah. continue to work within the boundaries of my profession um, knowing all this other information. So, sure, um, sure. yeah, so I, I stepped out of nursing. I've still kept my registration going, so if I want to go back, I can. I've okay. left that door open. Um, but, yeah, I'm at a point where I'm like it just doesn't fit anymore because I'm just I'm too – all of that just changed me so much. Um that it just was a job that I just didn't align anymore. Do you it have
1: Do you have any do you have, I don't know what you'd call it, psychic ability or whatever. With when it comes to adults, does that transfer over?
2: Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, it's interesting. I, I think for me, it sort of happened with babies because they were. I was exposed to thousands of them in my career, so it was like they were so. I guess for one of a better word, accessible to me. You know, right. whereas. Like, didn't work with a lot of adults as a nurse, um, it was mostly babies and obviously their parents. Um, but interestingly, you know, especially towards the end of my nursing career, you know, as I'm having all these experiences, you know, I'm also starting to see pictures around, you know, the parents and I'm getting glimpses of past lives and um, and all of this sort of thing. Um, and when I work with with babies now from preconception to early childhood, you um, the the soul or the higher self or the yeah that higher wisdom whatever you want to call it from the parents always comes through and even extended parents um, I sort of I've had a few people say oh you know why don't you just do this for adults and I was like well I think like the ability is there but I think for me I'm so fascinated by babies because you know it's always been believed that you know, we don't understand what they want or we're just kind mm-hmm. of guessing or we can't read their minds or they can't talk to us. And I'm like, well, they kind of can, you know, you just got to know how to listen, right. And know sort of what to look for and how they communicate. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, but, and I think it's all of us, like, you know, we were all babies once and we all have, well, my belief is all, we all, we're all souls like coming to earth, having some kind of experience here in this 3d world. And so, we've all had that experience of, of coming to earth cause we're all, we're all here. Um, and so to me, it's like, it's, it's soul communication. It's like connecting with that, that higher part of ourselves, like that infinite part of ourselves. And I think for me, it just, yeah, as I said, happened to be with babies because that was who I cared for. And, you know, I've always loved babies and I was always like find babies to cuddle and, you know, all of that. So yeah. Yeah. it was always there on some yeah. level. Yeah. Um, But it's just changed significantly over the years, I guess.
1: (laughs) That's so interesting. Does your yoga practice uh, fit into? How does that fit into everything else that you do? Is that? Yeah.
2: So so I've moved away from um, from the yoga now. I feel like that was kind of a a starting platform for me, it helps me more with that, you know, mind body connection and and all of that. Same with the meditation stuff. And then I went into doing, um, energy healing work. Um, and then, so when I was working in the hospital with the babies, I, as soon as I would touch them, I would just feel all this heat come out of my hand. Um, and I started touching the babies in different ways and being careful. Like I'm like, what if I go to a baby and touch their feet first? And because all the babies are on heart monitors, I could do like my own little research. I'm like, okay, if I touch this baby by coming into their energy with their feet, how does that affect affect their breathing rate, their their heart rate? If I touch their head first, if I touch their arm, if I, you know, all of these things to try to understand Mm -hmm. their nervous system and their energy field a bit more. And so I guess it was the yoga. um, And I would put the babies in. You know, again, I just did this. People would always ask me funny questions, but um, I used to put babies in child's pose a lot. Um, so I'd put them on their tummy with their little, you know, feet tucked in and, like, wrap around them. And I'd have nurses coming on the next shift and, like, what, what, what have you done to that baby? And I was like, oh. <laughs> and Intuitively it's like this baby needs some grounding and needs yeah. to feel safe and secure in this, like, Plastic incubator, like on their own, yeah. Um, and uh, I'd put their legs sometimes up the walls of the incubator, which would look really strange. <laughs> but you know, again, it helps. Like you know, the circulation helps yes. their energy. Like you know, you bring that energy down into the pelvis, like a V. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that helps ground their energy to the earth. Um, helps their soul land a little bit more into their body. Um, so I would do little things like that, and I'd try to remember to. Put them back in a normal position before I left my. But it didn't always work, and I would get some funny questions. So, so yeah, I guess I bought all of that stuff. I was doing outside of nursing. That's awesome. Sort of Everybody
1: back knows when Lauren's worked because all the kids are doing <laughs> yoga. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. funny. That's like awesome. Yeah. That, I mean, it can't be bad. You know what I mean? That's uh, that's great.
2: Oh, they'd have such deep sleeps right, when they have their right.
1: Sure. <laughs> it's crazy. sure, Maybe I'll do that tonight. I'll sleep. Yeah, sleep yeah with my try it. Feet try up it. on the wall. You know, it <laughs> yeah. <They> can't hurt. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, absolutely. That I is play so. By. I do it every day. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's awesome. So, so, so you work with with you work with people now. You you help heal yeah. and how do people get in touch with you? What is your What is your social media presence like? Have you written a book? Have you done anything like that or
2: um, so my business is born energy and, um, I'm mostly on Instagram. I'm not a huge social media fan, um, yeah. but I do have a presence on Instagram just under born energy. Okay. Um, my website's the same bornenergy.com.au, Um, and yeah, I haven't written a book, but it's about half written. I'm just waiting okay. awesome. for the right time. I think the way I'd written it initially was as a nurse, but now it's like, I feel like the ending of the book has changed because I've now like moved out of the system. So, um, but yeah, but that, that's coming. That's I cool. feel really strongly to yeah, share, you should share the stories of these babies.
1: Like Absolutely. they need to have
2: their voices heard.
1: Absolutely, so, yeah. It's unique. Yeah. I don't, I'm trying to think if I've heard anybody talk like about this stuff and I don't think I have, this is pretty unique.
2: It's, which can be a good thing, but also can be really challenging trying to explain to people. It's like, I'm a, like, I'm a psychic, I'm a medium, like I'm an energy worker, but it's for babies. And I can like tap into their soul before they even conceive to find out where they're at, you know, what's going on. Like so, so it started with babies, but now it's gone. Either end of the spectrum
0: now. So. so, so when you tap in to them before they're born, are you talking? I mean, where are they located? Now you talk. I guess they're not. They're another plane. They're not just in mom and dad. And you've got to kind of like touch mom and dad to find out where they are. Well that sounds kind of bad, but no, no, you know, I mean, because we know inside mom and
2: yeah, yeah. So dad,
0: where when they I, are, but.
2: There's sort of – it varies, but, like, a lot of the time it's like I tune into mum's energy field and probably eight times out of ten they're in the mother's energy field somewhere. Um, okay. The other times they can be in the partner or I've also felt um, future children in the energy field of their siblings who are already here on earth. Wow. Um, Interesting. So, and then there's other souls that kind of are a little bit further afield. It's like they have a loose, I call it like a tether or a loose connection to a future parent, but maybe they haven't figured out the the details yet. They don't know when or if or, and that, but they're in this sort of like, I call it the, um, the baby soul realm. I don't know what else to call it, but I feel like it's a place where babies so, kind of hang out before they
1: come. Right. The
0: soul nursery. <laughs>
1: Yeah. 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 There you go. There is somebody I was listening to on a podcast talking about a DMT experience they had where they were uh they were in they were floating in the universe or whatever and 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 they they came to a room where souls are born. And so what you said right there just like flashback. I was like, "Wow, that's kind of interesting that that that's a second account or maybe more mm-hmm. that i've heard people say that man it yeah. that makes some sense and it's like you know <clears throat> we talk about it quite a bit on this podcast that it's we live in a we a, a very weird strange plane mm-hmm. where we mm-hmm. we know enough to know and we don't know enough to not you know it's just we're caught in this weird thing yeah. and and we and mm-hmm. some people like yourself you get this information Like, uh, I don't, I don't get, uh, uh, Adam doesn't get, uh, but you or other people get this and, and, and it's like, that must be very difficult because, you know, you want to express that, but especially in a profession like that, you never know how it's going to get taken. And it's gotta Mm -hmm. be, you know, that's gotta be a a burden. Um, you know,
0: you'd have to like really know or have developed a relationship with a parent to know if they're going to be um, willing to accept the information that you have to share with them. Um, You know, because somebody may still, they may not find in that moment of grief of the, of the baby's passing, they may not find it appropriate at that moment to that, you know, to have that information revealed yeah um, it it may be counterintuitive to their own personal beliefs as well, yeah. you know? so yeah, yeah that's that's got to be a, that's that would have to have been like the most difficult part is beyond even just watching babies die, you know, yeah. struggle to live uh, yeah. but having to deal with that extra information that you can't really share. yeah, so wow, wow, yeah.
2: It was, it was a challenge and I, you know, but I guess what I think gave me a little bit of peace is it's like, well, at least the babies were able to share with someone, even though yeah. it kind of like yeah. stopped with me. I'm like, at least somebody was hearing them because cool. I was like, I think of all those years that I didn't hear them. Like yeah. I, I was, there was just like these little people that had no clue about anything Yeah. <laughs> and sure. You know and they didn't have anything to say and we had to it was like our whole responsibility was on us to like do everything for them and and all of that but you know these are some very wise um mature knowing souls that know so much more about how things work than what many of us will ever know especially Mm -hmm. the kids coming in these days these, these souls coming through so I was like, yeah, at least I've—I feel like at least they could talk to me. But you know, but yeah, there was this burden of like, well, I can't. That's all well and good, but I can't share it with the people who kind of need to hear it, which is their parents. Whether that's you know six months, twelve months, five years later, you know, sure, um, it's like. Yeah, I felt like my hands were tied with that, and so now I'm like, at least now I'm free. I'm like, women come to me because they want to know these things. So it's like the total opposite now. It's That's like, great. what is my baby? What does my baby have to say?
1: That's fantastic.
2: Like, you know, and it's yeah. like, oh, finally, for me and for them, yeah, these messages can come through without being censored. Sometimes they're judged, you know, because soul wisdom is isn't always rainbows and unicorns. It can be very blunt and direct, mm-hmm. and without the attachment that we have to the human realm and the emotional intensity and expectations, all of that stuff, all our conditioning, our patterning that we layer on to different things, you know, the incoming souls don't have that or they have very little of that. And so, you know, sometimes that information that they share can be hard to hear. Um, But I'm like, at least I feel like, oh, it's like a weight's been lifted that, oh, finally, not only can these babies, like communicate more freely but they can share their they can get their messages to the people who really need it you know yeah. their parents sure. they can finally yeah. hear that information and it can completely shift the the parents journey you know if the child's already mm-hmm. been born it can completely shift to how these um parents um care for or parent their children um You know, I just, I guess the way I see it is babies or souls, babies, I guess, are the ones that come and go from the earth. So instead of us trying to figure out what happened or what hasn't happened yet, it's like, well, why don't we ask them if anyone's going to know it's going to be them, you know, they might not always share it or most of the time they do, but sometimes they don't um, because probably because they haven't decided yet. Um, but to me it makes sense to like instead of us trying to blindly figure out these answers like let's ask someone who's like most likely to know the answer yeah.
1: you know yeah. so yeah yeah that's great so. wow this has been great thank you uh, thank you for taking time out to this is that's unique right. yeah this is totally unique I Adam and I are learning a lot I, I think that like uh, okay. this has been a really a fascinating story and mm-hmm. uh, you know, of course, we'd love to have you come back if you, you know, Ooh. if you find time in the future, we'd love to have you come back, especially when you get that book wrote. Yep.
0: Yeah, 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 definitely. Sure. Although sure. technically, right now you already are in our future. Uh, seeing that, you know, we're talking. <laughs> Barry and I are in on Wednesday evening, and you're Thursday morning. So,
2: yeah, <laughs> exactly, That's so true.
1: <laughs> uh, that's great. That's no, so it's cool. Been a blast. That's I cool. Like, yeah
2: amazing just to be able to you know speak so openly about it and you know I think that's that's I know that's part of my own personal journey here on earth is just to you know be able to share openly and um, yeah and because it's like you know these experiences I'm only I only talk about my own experiences, you know. I haven't really learned to do this stuff. I'm not reading it and then kind of, you know, interpreting it. It's like, yeah, it's like yeah. I'm literally my own biggest skeptic and all of this stuff.
0: Right. Sure. <laughs> so, sure. Yeah. So, no, no, it's been
2: great.
1: It's great. I think our listeners are really going to like this one.
0: Yeah, definitely. Fantastic yeah. Uh, conversation and incredible stories. And yeah, thank you for sharing because you oh, know that that is uh, that's some that's incredible stuff so
2: thank you it's yeah it's pretty out there it's pretty weird (laughs) yeah
0: yeah, it's great it's great
1: hey you know what we need what's that we need a new ad for our merch store
0: our merch store.
1: I've had a few people reach out to me and ask me, just how do we get What's Your Weird Story merch?
0: Huh. How do we get that What's Your Weird Story merch?
1: What's dash your, spelled Y-E-R, dash weird, dash story.myspreadshop.com
0: that's what's dash your spelled y-e-r dash weird dash story.myspreadshop.com
1: that's correct get in touch with us go buy some merch we got some cool stuff
0: yeah dude And you know what? If any of our listeners out there have some really cool ideas or has some really cool what's your weird story type art that they want to see on a t-shirt, get a hold of us. Maybe it'll happen.
1: Lauren, great, great stories. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, really interesting stuff.
0: Yeah, amazing stories. It's amazing to be able to uh, to communicate to the babies that are here, you know, that can't—they're too young to, you know, verbally commu- to communicate. Really, anyway, you know, all the all the little babies can do when they're that newborn is just cry, basically. Yeah. Um, you know, but her re- being able to like, I didn't talk to communicate to them, you know, get their needs, and also, you know with the ones who are you know they're not going to be here that long and and who are you know just 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 the ability to share to identify any kind of problems kind of like you know but also the, uh, the you know the backside of that is the being able you know she, her being able to identify the problems but not being able to tell them tell the doctors or other people scientifically yeah you know oh this is happening because of this you know yes. and I know it because yeah you know and yeah I'm that's keep
1: tough that secret yeah it's tough and interesting stuff she you know the story about her um, rafting and the accident oh, that she yeah. got into and and uh, near life ex- uh, death experience there it's yeah. uh, really uh that's a a, a harrowing uh story and she's uh i don't know that we've ever had anything like her story and it's always interesting to hear a a different avenue that that people Mm. go down and uh and i can just imagine the amount of uh responsibility placed on your shoulders whenever you're dealing with something like that it's really it's really incredible so uh, heartwarming and very very interesting stuff
0: Absolutely, And whenever she finally gets their, her book written and completed, we'll definitely have to have her back on. Yes, absolutely. Uh, to talk some more, share some more stories of Oz um, and her, her experiences there. Um, yeah, man, fantastic stuff. Uh, I can't think of anything else, really. Well, only thing I, you know, other than the story that I told you uh off air about uh, an Aussie encounter that uh, which is, yeah, friend,
1: which is great. Yes,
0: uh, Jeff and I had, um, which I cannot tell on air. Um, you know, even though it's uh, some twenty plus years later, um, <laughs> <laughs> statute of limitations have not run yeah, out yeah. yet. Well, no, it's not that. It's just you know, uh, it's some you know, you, you we're really open here. And uh, you know, honestly, I think that uh, if I was here, he might agree with a version of a, a or, or an <laughs> Aussie encounter being uh, being told. but anyway, um. Uh it's you know, multiple people who would have to sign the, uh, the agreement to uh, disclose that information. So I can just kind of take it as a, uh, a friendly uh, NDA, uh, you know, yes. uh, non-disclosure agreement for, uh, yeah. for yeah. the rest of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, just take our word for it. It's a good story. It's a good story.
0: We got tons of stories for you, so don't worry, don't fret about that. Uh, We got tons of good stuff coming up. Man, we got so much good stuff in the barrel for you guys, uh, locked and loaded and ready to go. But we always need more, and uh, so you know, hey, if you got a story, uh, you know, it doesn't uh, has to be, it doesn't have to be a weird story. Doesn't have to be UFOs or psychics or Bigfoot or you know, uh, ghost. It can be just uh, you know a hard to explain story or a true crime story. Uh, we love hearing those. I survived yep. uh, other hard to or you know other near misses. Um, we like funny stories, you know, stories about uh, stupid stuff you did as a kid yep. and or uh, your parents. Maybe they you know were, did silly stuff like Barry's dad. Of course, we've told many stories yep. about the legendary Kurt Johnston here on the podcast. Absolutely. You know, we love funny stories like that. Uh, You know, of course, people with unusual careers. We've had got a few of those coming up um, that are really fun and full of great stories. And um, you know, we just everybody's got at least one story. We know it. You know, like I said, it, it may not be weird. It may be just. Epic and maybe hilarious, or you know, somewhat um, self-degrading. But you know, we love a good story, and we love talking to people. That's the biggest joy that we bring out of this is talking to people and hearing their stories and having that communication, that experience, uh, back and forth, that connection, that yes. human connection yes. that we need to keep hold of so much more and more these days. So. Get a hold of us. Uh, follow us on our on the website, or follow us on the uh, Facebook or on the Instagram. Uh, connect to us. Send us an email. Send us a message. Um, the DM. Slide into our DMs. We like that. It's been a while. Yes. Uh, and you know we would love to hear from you. And you know even if it's just like hey thanks for you know whatever. Um, you, if we you know you picked up something that we uh, suggested that we were talking about that we we're, We were into, or if you, uh, just enjoyed a story, enjoyed a, a guest, let us know. Um, remember to, uh, subscribe to us on your podcatcher rate and review us. If they have that ability, uh, tell your friends about the show, tell your family, tell your coworkers, uh, tell your, uh, cousins, uh, tell your enemies, um cousins and enemies are not equivalent i should make that point out but tell everybody uh random strangers tell them tell them all tell the world join us join weirdsville in 2024 do it so (laughs) and while you're at it have a great week uh, until the next time we meet, which will be a week away, if you were listening this on release day, um, until then, we heart you, Weirdsville. We heart everybody listening. We welcome all new listeners. We welcome all old friends here in Weirdsville. And we will see you next time. Until then, be safe. Be weird. As always, if you have a weird story, we want to hear it.